Jennifer Connolly, thank you very much for joining us here on AU Manufacturing Conversations. Thanks, Brent. Lovely to be here. Lovely to have you. Tell me a little bit about your background, please, and how you wound up in Geelong. Okay. Um, well, there's a long story and a short story, but the short story is I worked in the Australian Advanced Manufacturing Council and was really interested, obviously, over 20 years in developing manufacturing and small and medium-sized enterprises in Australia and moved down this way towards Geelong and the job came up. First of all, I was working with the Advanced Fibre Cluster in Geelong, which is a group of high technology companies that have a real kind of similarity and they work in technology that's related to carbon fibre and composites mainly. So it was about kind of advancing those companies and helping them to progress the industry. And then the Geelong Manufacturing Council job came up and it's it's such a great organisation that I just wanted to be involved. So that's really how I got here. Mm-hmm. I've got a little bit of background on Geelong. When I started my early life here out of high school, I went to Deakin Uni and then took a gap year, decided the course wasn't for me and went into journalism after that, so very early on. But subsequently, you know, lived overseas, Singapore, the US and Melbourne and Canberra. Right. Uh, Where did you do your cadetship, just out of curiosity? At the Colac Herald, which is not far from Geelong, about an hour from here, Hmm. and then ended up at The Age. So, yeah, I knew Peter Roberts at The Age, actually. Oh, right. (laughs) Small world yeah. in journalism, as Small it is with, with other places. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so we're speaking because you're currently in preparation for the 25th anniversary celebrations for the Geelong Manufacturing Council, of which you're chair. Could you please tell me about how you came on board for the council, why it's a worthwhile thing to go about, and um, I guess some context as to how that organisation started 25 years ago. I mean, whichever order you want to go in. Yeah, sure. So I'm the CEO of the GMC. Pardon me. um, Yeah, no, no, that's (laughs) all good. The organisation started in February 1998 out of a the closure really or the merger I should say of the Australian Chamber of Manufacturers and the Metal Trades Industry Association which then became AI Group and as a result the Geelong branch of the Australian Council, sorry, the Australian Chamber of Manufacturers decided it wanted its own Geelong representation so the GMC was formed. It was a kind of a not it wasn't in opposition to anything else. It was just in cooperation with the more national kind of movement. And I think it was because Geelong has this huge legacy of manufacturing, you know, over 150 more years. So really the antecedents to the GMC go back 148 years, we can trace them. But the this organisation itself has, has been going since 98. And it had su- early support from Deakin. So... Deakin has been a really strong enabler of manufacturing in the region and the city council as well. So there was sort of a a few bodies that gave it life and we've had really stable support from about 10 to 12 companies over those 25 years. So they've sort of been the mainstays of the organisation all that time. 
and uh, we'll be giving them recognition tonight at our big 25th anniversary event. There was a big supplement in the advertiser the other day, excuse me, and you had a column in there, of course, and you wrote of the early signs of a manufacturing renaissance in the region. Could you please talk listeners through some of that, what it looks like, and your thoughts? Yeah, no problem, Brent. I was really surprised, actually, out of the census data. I'm not surprised. I mean, we've seen there were some anecdotal kind of positive signs, but you don't really believe it until you see some of the numbers. And Mm. the census gave us really some uh, remarkable kind of positive endorsement of that sort of anecdotal, you know, what's the word? (laughs) The the vibe. (laughs) uh, uh, The vibe, more of the vibe, yeah. We saw, I think, a job increase of about a 1,000 since the 2016 census. And I know that doesn't sound remarkable, but it's the first time in recent memory that we've seen anything like that. So the numbers are reflective of some growth in food manufacturing, processing, as well as some of the high-tech companies that we know of and you've, you know, at AU Manufacturing been talking with over the years, mm-hmm. um, Carbon Revolution, some of the defence companies out of Deakin University and, you know, in time we're going to see even more because we've, as you know, there's been some major investment in Geelong from Hanwha Defence Australia, which is a South Korean company or its parent company is in South Korea. Yep. They've got a contract to build the howitzers for the federal government for defence, so they'll be going ahead with that and that'll be new jobs. We've got really strong investment coming from Recharge Industries, which is building a battery gigafactory near Avalon Airport, Mm -hmm. and I think you've been speaking to them as well. We've got lots of, you know, really bright, positive kind of future signs. So yeah, it'd be good to see what else happens in Geelong. And you were at the air show. I think it's so great for Geelong, the air show, you know, it just gives this kind of anchor for what's happening here and showcases some of the brilliant companies that we've got here. You mentioned a, a thousand extra jobs doesn't sound like an awful lot, but I mean, it does sound like a surprising result given some of the closures that were reported at the time of companies such as Ford and, and Alcoa and others. And I think that, you know, for it to be on the up rather than uh, figuring out what it does next and to have such a, you know, wonderful entrepreneurial culture at the same time that's evolved and that has the potential to add many more jobs. I agree that it's a good result. You know, I'm just rambling here, but I I, I, I think that you're, you're in a, a pretty decent spot compared to what some might have predicted years ago. Yeah, and I think that it's testament to the adaptability of the region and manufacturing generally. You know, you see manufacturers have for all time had to adapt they're really resilient generally and I think that is across the board in Australia and elsewhere. It's not particular to this region but what you see is the companies that really did adapt and change their business models and change their kind of 
products even and processes and they've got into new markets and amazing, done great work. You know, IXL, I think you saw they were mm-hmm. featured in that wraparound in the Geelong Advertiser. They, you know, been going for 160 years and they originally started with Ebenezer Backwell who came from England or, or the Jersey Islands, I think. Mm-hmm. He built an oven and was famously producing these ovens around Victoria and over time they they became different things. They've just morphed into different kind of markets and currently um, making huge success in the mining sector. So there's lots of companies like that. That's not the only one, you know, they just keep on changing. Yeah, there is a definitely a culture of just getting stuff done among high-performing manufacturers. Yeah, and they have a workforce that depends on them and they you know, they don't just sort of throw up their hands and say, oh, it's a bit hard. They definitely have responsibilities and they give people kind of stable, enduring jobs. So there's that sort of level of we've got to find some work, you know. To return to defence, and as you mentioned, the air show is currently on and a wonderful showcase for some of the things that are happening around the region and elsewhere. Could you let me know, please, your, your point of view on the emerging importance of defence? There's the Hanwha Howitzer contract and the upcoming Centre of Excellence there. Tell me about the opportunities tied to defence for Geelong. We've got quite a few companies involved. You know, Morand, of course, they've Mm -hmm. got a factory in the old Ford factory area. And there's others that are working in it in the high-tech sort of area as well. So coming out of Deakin, coming out of the Institute for Intelligent Systems and Research, like Universal Motion Sensors, that is <laughs> Universal Motion Simulation, great company, you know, supplying the Australian military with really AI-guided and haptics-controlled training modules so that people can be trained in safety and experience real things, real mm-hmm. emergencies. And there's another company, Flame, which is an incredible company doing something similar but in a different sector and with a different product. So they help emergency services and working in defence as well with a different form of training. But, it's again, it's that artificial intelligence and augmented reality product. But, yeah, you know, we've got the composite people that we were talking about earlier in carbon fiber production working in defense too because it's a lot of lightweighting going on and needs to go on in defense applications so carbon fiber composites are the ideal candidate for those sorts of products and you mentioned isri and uh, flame systems and, and the other company that had come out of there there's a wonderful sort of culture that's developed with commercializing work out of deakin university I was wondering if you could please give me your point of view on what it looks like to have Deakin as, as an important part of the manufacturing community and startup community and its contribution to the ecosystem you have there. Yeah, I think there's a industry research nexus that is a bit missing in Australia in a lot of our kind of business culture and Deakin's really working to change that. So the difficulty always is that small and medium-sized enterprises tend to be the sort of David to the university sector's Goliath, if Mm. you like. And there's that challenge that people have different 
motivations and different timelines and there's always you know there seems to be a bit of a mismatch so universities it's really beholden on them in in a way to enable the access of those smaller companies and Deakin's doing that I think you know there's obviously an interest in the larger companies too so it's been a really positive experience for the sector here And I think they've got more in the future too. There's a lot more that can be done and will be done. I mean, you probably have spoken with Formflow and they they work really closely with Deakin University. So there's a, a sort of an embedded relationship and an enduring one. You get new products that are new to world products and that's where Australia will succeed. That's where we have to work to succeed. And so lastly, I'd like to know your answer to this stock question. Is there an issue within manufacturing that's currently not getting the attention it deserves? Possibly the, I would call it the industrial habitat problem or shrinking, shrinking industrial habitat. Okay. (laughs) Because there's always pressures, gentrification pressures on regions and that is a challenge. For manufacturing, it's a challenge for the clean energy future because you've got to have spaces to recycle and produce clean energy and it is a big challenge, I think, that as a community we have to address or bring the community or raise the community's understanding about what is needed in that sense, you know, because you can't just turn all your land into residential land. Yes, it's going to make more money for the property developer, but it's not what the economy and our society really needs. As with any other sort of environment, there has to be a good good diversity and there has to be a place for people to pursue their dreams in a commercial and and professional sense and a lot of those people will be in, in manufacturing and associated industries and if there's not a spot for them, I guess they'll go elsewhere. Yeah, and I think we've got a responsibility in Australia to make sure we do sustainable production and some of that takes zoned spaces that have buffers between you and the the residential communities. And and housing is another thing, you know, for workers that is something that we're hearing a lot about, that there's the rising cost of housing, but it impacts everybody across Australia. It's not just our sector. Sure. Well, that's a fresh take on that question. I have not heard that mentioned before. Jen, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for joining us here on AU Manufacturing Conversations. Thanks, Brent. No worries.